Welcome to Seasoned, I'm Chef Plum. We're coming to you live from our studio in Hartford, and it's our annual summer barbecue show. It's almost like Christmas to me. I love this time of year, and we want to hear from you, especially if you're a barbecue lover like me. Where are all your favorite places to go to get ribs and brisket and pulled pork? Let us know. I want to hear all about it. I can't wait to tell you about some of mine. Now, listen, barbecue is rooted in black American cooking traditions, but it's grown to be beloved by people across the communities and regions all over the country. We're going to get into some traditions and some regional barbecue styles and talk about how Connecticut is developing its own style of barbecue, borrowing from many traditions, including soul food. Talk to us. Our number is 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WNPR. And coming up a little bit later, Daryl Thomas, the pit master from Thomas's Smoky Pit Stop in Manchester, will join us by phone to talk about his roots with North Carolina barbecue. But first, I'm joined in studio by Jeff Schmidt. He's the co-owner and pit master of Hindsight Barbecue in Waterbury and the Hindsight Barbecue Food Truck at the Gastro Park in West Hartford. Jeff, welcome to season. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. So honored to be here. I got to tell you, um, you guys can't see here on the radio, but Jeff showed up and has a spread of barbecue on this table that is outstanding. I'm so excited about all this food, Jeff. All right. I'm just, you know, I brought it here to mask the smokiness of is myself. That what it is? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, give us a little bit of a brief history of hindsight. Uh, you know, kind of how'd you guys start, and you know, is there a barbecue style for you? Sure, absolutely. Um, we started almost three years ago now, so we'll be turning three in, in October. Uh, we opened in October of 2020, so we're a COVID baby. Yeah, which was you know good and bad. Obviously, it's uh, very scary to open a restaurant when you know restaurants are shut down. But it really gave us some time to hone our craft and make sure we were doing everything exactly the way we wanted to. And uh, obviously, as things started opening up, so did we. So that's when we started to grow even quicker. But um, our style, I would say, it's a very loose term, but we kind of refer to ourselves as a new school barbecue. Okay. Which basically means you're blending traditions and regions to kind of create your own. That Kansas City, that Memphis, that Carolina, kind of turning it into your own style. Exactly. Oh, I love that. I mean, and trust me, if you haven't had hindsight barbecue yet, like I've got in front of me, you're totally missing out. You got to go check these guys out. They're so good. And if you got any barbecue questions, smoking, grilling, anything, give us a call, 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WNPR. We got you covered. Uh, Jeff, is there a Connecticut style of barbecue or like a Northeast style of barbecue? I would say yes. I would say it's a little bit difficult to define um, totally. I think we're definitely with our new school moniker sort of embodying it, but I feel like it's definitely growing. The respect for the smoke game and um, learning, you know, all these traditions and kind of replicating them. I mean, there's different parts, you know, the regional wood would be a a big difference, you know. So like using wood, that's kind of what we have here in the Northeast that maybe we wouldn't have in Kansas City or in Texas. Exactly. So we ha- we cook at Hindsight with all live fire, you know, all wood smokers. So obviously that defines us right there because, you know, we use all oak, but there's hickory, there's other local, you know, cherry that you could find. Whereas in Texas, they use like a post oak or even mesquite or, you know, it's, it's, it's different every region. And obviously that imparts a different smoke flavor into your meat right there. So that that's probably the most obvious, yeah. you know, um, difference. But how much does the different style of wood make a difference in the flavor? Hugely. Uh, more than most people would understand. I mean, I guess if you were sort of a backyard chef and, and you, you know, go look and look up all different wood chips or something, um, that's why they're there. I mean, you get some cherry, you get some, you know, maple, that all, it does. I mean, if you really are focused on, on your craft and, and what it does to, to your meats and stuff like that, 
you'll definitely see a difference in flavor. Because when smoking, like the, the slightest little change, whether it's the temperature, whether it's the time frame it's in the smoke, or, or the type of wood, or even the type of seasoning on there, can make a big difference in the flavor. Absolutely. I mean, and, and there's differences, too. Uh, I think the big reason we use oak is because it's the most neutral. Yeah. It has a nice, you know, smoke layer, but it's not as intrusive as like a hickory or a mesquite and something that you're really going to, you know, if you, if you put it in there too long on a wood like that. You're going to only taste that smoke. Yeah. So. And I think of applewood, too, kind of a northeastern, you know. No, totally. I mean, obviously, everyone kind of thinks about bacon, right, with applewood. Always. Um, we've smoked some whole hogs, actually, you know, with some applewood, but it's kind of a tough wood to use. It's very ashy. It burns very hot. Or it burns very uh, quickly, not necessarily as hot as you want it. So that's the other thing, too. They burn at different temperatures. Um, it's definitely a science yeah. once you really dive into it. There's definitely a science to it for sure. I mean, like I've been learning so much more about it. Barbecue's been a part of my, you know, culinary uh, um, language for years now, and I feel like now in Connecticut, this boom is kind of happening where barbecue is kind of becoming, I don't know, more of a staple thing in our state. Where it's not strange to see somebody here eating, you know, pulled pork or smoking sausage. It's kind of a community for sure. Um, I definitely think, in my experience as well, just having other restaurant backgrounds. I feel like it's a deviation from the norm when it comes to, you know, the chef life because it's it's outside usually, you're in the elements, it's much more casual, it takes a lot longer to cook things and smoke things, so you have more time to do other things. So I feel like it's it is intense, it is serious, and especially if you're running your own restaurant trying to serve barbecue. But um I think it's for a professionally trained chef that works yeah. in a you know, in on a kitchen all day. You know, getting into backyard smoking is kind of just, it's, it's super fun. Yeah, it's a great way to hang yeah. out. And, you know, people get serious about their barbecue here. And if you want to, if you have a shout out someplace you want to tell us about that maybe we don't know about your special secret neighborhood bar barbecue spot, give us a call. The number is 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WNPR. Let's go to Billy here in Stonington. Billy, welcome to Seasoned. Hi, thank you very much. Uh, well, you got a great barbecue shout out for us, yeah? Yeah, Dog Watch Barbecue in Mystic, Connecticut. Dog Watch? I don't think I've had these guys. Tell us about it. What's your favorite thing they do? Yeah. Uh, they got brisket, and their burn ends are incredible. Their mac and cheese is terrific. And for families, it's terrific. They have all kinds of, you know, cornhole and games that you can, they can go a great outdoor dining experience in the summer. Man, I love that. Thanks, Billy. I'm going to check out Dog Watch for sure. You know, it's funny because barbecue kind of is that. You go to a place like you guys at, at, at Hindsight, you kind of hang out outside and have a great time where you're eating and there's things to do. I, I, he said cornhole, all that stuff. Yep, stuff. absolutely. Yeah, we have that. Um, we're dog-friendly, kid-friendly. Um, that's what it's all about is families coming and eating in a casual environment. Yeah, let's go to Marianne. She's in Meriden. Marianne, welcome to Seasoned. Uh, you got some favorite barbecue places you want to tell us about? I do, and they're around the country. The two favorite barbecues are St. Louis Rib and Barbecue Pork Steaks. And my favorite barbecues are Pappy's in St. Louis, Corky's in Memphis, and Taino in Meriden. They're Love awesome. it. I love all that. That we got, I want to go. You're making my list of places to go. <laughs> Jeff and I are leaving on a road trip here soon. It's going to be so much fun. Thanks, Mary Ann. We well, appreciate it. You won't be disappointed with any of them. We're going to pick you up along the way, okay? Oh, please do. <laughs> Thanks, okay. Marianne. <laughs> you know, it's funny because barbecue is like a, it, it's kind of accepted everywhere. Like barbecue is just delicious food that, you know, it's, it's low and slow. It's almost, is it a lifestyle? Oh, most certainly. I think that's part of the, you know, I can, you can attribute it to its rise in popularity nationwide, uh, even globally. Honestly, you know, barbecue, I would say you can agree that 
it's sort of a quintessential American cuisine. Whereas like we're that. so used to having a melting pot of all different types of, uh, whether it's, you know, we're famous for pizza here in Connecticut mm-hmm. or in the Northeast. And there's plenty of other, you know, amazing Thai restaurants and Chinese and you can, you name it. Like we're such a melting pot and it's so great. But um, when it comes to barbecue, obviously it's deeply rooted in the South, but it's sort of started. I mean, it started, you know, the real history of it is from Im- immigrants and stuff, especially like in Texas. I feel like it's like sort of like Czech and German roots, um, okay. which is ironic, but it's um, it's grown from there so much. So yeah, it's definitely a lifestyle. I couldn't agree more. Now, is it always low and slow? Because whenever I talk to barbecue guys, it's always low and slow. Do it low and slow. You know, that's my barbecue guy voice. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, I mean, it it depends on the cut of meat you're looking to smoke, and it depends on the result that you're looking for. When you really get into it, and I mean, you could look up a video of anything you want, but there's hot and fast. There's nothing wrong with that when it comes to certain dishes, for sure. Um, but if you want to, if you if you want everything rendered out, and you really want it to like be that sort of melty, beautiful effect. It's you know the low and slow is what really does the trick. Yeah. So I know we thought we think of like meats when we think of barbecue. You know, whether we're thinking of brisket or pulled pork or sausages or. Ribs, for goodness sakes. I love ribs and brisket. I mean, did I say brisket? I really like brisket. Have I mentioned that? Brisket's one of my favorites. There's some sitting out in front of me, which is kind of the issue I'm having right now. But there's also options for vegetarian and for vegan people. Like, I know one of the things you guys do at Hindsight, you have cauliflower burnt ends. Can you talk about that real quick? Absolutely. So I guess the definition of barbecue is cooking with fire. So it doesn't say anything about meats. You can smoke seafood, obviously. Everyone does that and does that tremendously. But uh, veggies is fine, too. Something like cauliflower, obviously, it's a pretty hearty vegetable. Uh, you need to break down the fibers, just like you need to break down the meat. So it's like it, it can take on smoke. It can take heat for a long time. And, um, I mean, it cooks up great. I mean, as long as you like a little bit of char or that smoky flavor on the outside, because you're going to get that with a long exposed yeah. contact with the smoke. But, yeah, we sell cauliflower burnt ends. They're amazing. How long does that cauliflower sit in the smoker for? Several hours, actually. Um, I think about vegetables, you know, being hard to smoke because to actually get that smoky flavor, because you need to kind of have that fat on there to take on some of that smoke, right? For sure. That's where the art artistry comes in. Um, we actually use a like a binder um, and a rub, and so it, we, it does create like a little bit of bark, but the binder totally helps with the smor- smoke absorption. Yeah, so. that's interesting. Do you season it up first or put a little oil on it, or how do you? Both. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. We um, primarily do, believe it or not, an agave nectar slather or binder. Oh, my gosh. And, um, I mean, you don't get too much sweetness out of it, but it, it kind of really helps the rub sort of adhere. Where has agave nectar slather been my entire life? There you go. Me? There's a trade secret for you. I need some of that right now. <laughs> Listeners, if you are a barbecue fanatic, but maybe you just do things vegetarian, let us know. Give us a call, 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WNPR. I want to hear about some vegetarian options. I mean, barbecue is all-encompassing. And we got to go to a break here in a few minutes, but I want to ask you about some of the things you do at Hindsight. If you had to pick one thing that you're most proud of, and the one thing that was the hardest to get right, what were they? Well, I think you said it like seven times in your last statement. Um, <laughs> it's definitely brisket. Yeah. From any backyard enthusiast to an, a true professional, it's always the hardest to accomplish the perfect cook. So we change it up constantly to try to cook it better. We're never like 100% pleased. So, so is that one of the things you're proudest of? 
Oh, no doubt. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's on our menu every day. It's You can get it in a cheesesteak form or you can get it you know, in a pure sliced brisket. It's just beautiful. Okay. Let's take a ride over to New Haven and talk to Mimi real quick. Mimi's got a nice recommendation for us. Mimi, welcome to Seasoned. Hi, thank you for having me. We're excited um, to talk to you. I'm calling because I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Ricky D's Rib Shack Ooh. in the Science Park neighborhood in New Haven, which is absolutely fabulous. And uh, he does a Canzalina style. Uh, has a great sauce, which he's bottled. Um, but the real thing I really want to tell you is that uh, right now on social media, okay. there's footage of a party. A private, it looks like a private party of seventy seven zero nuns. Whoa. All eating barbecue, Ricky D's barbecue. <laughs> nice. Most of them are wearing pure white from their habits down to their sort of wimples and everything else. And they look so happy, and it's so much fun to see. Oh, my gosh. And according to, um, you know, the voiceover that all 70 of these nuns could eat, E-A-T, and loved it. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I want to go find this Instagram feed now. Do you, Whose Instagram? That's, yeah. that's, is that Ricky D's? I don't know offhand, but it's Ricky D's Rib, Rib Shack, and it's definitely on the Instagram feed right now. Oh, we're going to find it. One of our producers is looking for it right now. Mimi, thank you so much. I cannot wait to see this. I'm All very right. excited. Okay, great. Thanks. Take care. I appreciate it. Wow, 70 nuns eating barbecue. This, I mean, I mean, is that a, I'm waiting for like a punchline or something. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I kind of want to see this, man. That's incredible. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we are going to be hanging out, talking more barbecue with Jeff and I. You can give us a call and ask us questions at 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WNPR. Maybe you just want to shout out your favorite barbecue place. We want to hear it. And later in the show, when we come back, we're going to talk Q and home tips to up your barbecue game. And Daryl Thomas, owner of Thomas's Smoky Pit Stop, talks with us about the family tradition behind his barbecue and soul food restaurant in Manchester. You're listening to Seasoned. We'll be right back. Support for this podcast comes from Hartford HealthCare. Elevating Health is funded by Hartford HealthCare. The FDA has recently approved ZepBound, a new medication for chronic weight management. Dr. Davida Umashanker, Hartford HealthCare's System Medical Director of Medical Weight Loss, tells us more. ZepBound helps decrease hunger and increase satiety levels. Taking this medication for 72 weeks, people can see at the highest dosage approximately 48 pounds of weight loss. So definitely a powerful drug and another powerful tool that we have to utilize to help individuals who struggle with obesity. For those ready to explore their medical weight loss options, Dr. Umashankar has advice on the first most important step. I don't think anyone knows you better than your own primary care physician. So having that conversation whenever you feel ready is so important because these medications are quite powerful and do need to be monitored on a regular basis. To learn more, go to ctpublic.org slash health. Welcome back to Seasoned, everyone. I'm Chef Plum, and it's our annual barbecue show, one of my favorite times of year. Pitmaster Jeff Schmidt, the co-owner of Hindsight Barbecue in Waterbury, and with the food truck parked in West Hartford's Gastro Park, is in studio with me, and we're ready to talk with you on the air. Do you have questions about cuts of meat, temperatures on your smoker, some fun side dishes, or maybe you want to shout out your favorite barbecue place? Give us a call at 888-720-9677 or 888-720-WNPR. Maybe you have a family recipe that, you know, you're super proud of. 
I'll tell you what, I know somebody who does have some family stuff that they're very proud of. I'm going to bring in Daryl Thomas, the pit master and owner of Thomas's Smoky Pit Stop in Manchester. Uh, he's got some great family recipes. His entire place is based off of family recipes and family-inspired food. Daryl, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. We're Good excited to, to hang out with you. Yeah, me too. Thanks. <laughs> Daryl, uh, our producer visited your shop last week and raved about your pulled pork, your vinegary coleslaw, and your mom's mac and cheese. I mean, mac and cheese is a key to my heart, Jeff. I don't know how you feel about it. Uh, tell us a little bit about some of these recipes and the family connection you have with it. Yeah, well, my family uh, tradition and connection that I have was inspired by my father's side with the barbecue and my grandfather and his uncle and my uncles. My mother's side was responsible for the soul food, traditional foods, the mac and cheese. That's something that she's made for every family event, and family members would ask her to make it for the family reunion or whatever else was going on. So, uh, you know, she was the inspiration behind that, which is why I titled the Mac and Cheese, Mom's Mac and Cheese. <laughs> How could anybody not want to order something called Mom's Mac and Cheese, you know? <laughs> I had to make sure that she had the credit and, uh, you know, just everyone know that I'm proud of the food that I produce, but it's inspired by her. And so it makes her feel like, you know, all right, well, you know, I'm contributing to my son's business. Yeah. Well, listen, Daryl, I, I had talked to Jeff earlier about this, and I wanted to ask you and get your opinion on it, because I know you were probably hearing us on hold, and you might have been chomping at the bit to give your two cents on it. Do you think we have a Connecticut style of barbecue or a Northeastern style of barbecue? I don't think it's really been clearly defined by people outside of Connecticut. You know, for myself, I'm a person who's proud of where I'm from, but also I'm proud of where I'm at. I've taken some of the North Carolina roots and traditions of the, the vinegar, and I infuse them with what we have here in Connecticut because that's where I live here. Yeah. And I'm very proud to try to produce a culture of food that I want to give homage to where I'm at. So what I tend to do is to try to make sure I, you know, infuse the, the maple into my sauce, the white oak into my wood smoke. And this way, it distinguishes my barbecue from that of another region of the country. With the wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so to me, you know, when I talk to customers, you know, they ask me what style of barbecue I produce. And yeah, I do have some roots from the Carolinas, but I'm really more pushing for the Connecticut. I mm -hmm. want people to say, yeah, I had some good Connecticut barbecue. Not I went to Connecticut and had some Carolina barbecue. I like that. I mean, listen, I think we have great food in our state. We really do. And I feel like we get kind of looked over sometimes, Jeff. No, no doubt. I mean, I'm proud to be here. Like he was saying, it's like, this is where I'm at now. This is where my family is. And, you know, I just, the, the, my love and passion for making barbecue every day, it kind of doesn't matter where you are. So. Yeah, no doubt about it. Let's take a quick trip over to Killingsworth and talk to Chris. Chris has a couple of questions. Chris, welcome to Seasoned. Hi, how are you doing? We are doing fantastic, my friend. What can we do for you today? So my question is about um, sourcing meat for barbecue, because I, I love barbecue, but uh, I want Connecticut barbecue with Connecticut meat. And that usually means that I have to do it myself at home. Okay. <laughs> and I was wondering if there are any barbecue places that you know of that use, like, Connecticut meat, grass-fed meat, or pastured animals, you know, or at least New England, uh, New England meat. Okay. Jeff, what do you think? You know anything about that? Sure. Um, you know, I have connections just uh, from being in the restaurant industry for a while. There's lots of local farmers that do amazing work. Uh, the main thing I would immediately say is, like, if you ever want to try to do a whole hog, there's a laundry list. You can Google it. You can look it up of uh, local farmers, obviously, that are raising some great pigs. 
grown here, born here. And, I mean, we've had some amazing quality whole hogs sourced right from here in Connecticut that we've done. We don't do it on the regular. We do it sort of like on a need basis. You know, folks call up and want to do a pig roast. But that would be my go-to for locally sourced. Um, It gets a little bit more difficult when you get into the more of like the, if you wanted to do like brisket, for instance, I don't recommend the grass-fed for quality only because you really want high marbleization and it, then the grass-fed products don't necessarily, you know, sing to that. Yeah. We ha- I have a relationship with I mean there's a Vermont Wagyu company that makes amazing and it's somewhat local obviously it's not from this state but it's from New England. Yeah. Um, so you can search out more locally sourced meats absolutely. Obviously, you know, chickens and stuff like that are easy. Sure. But- you know, I'm just throwing this out there for you, Chris. There is a company out there now called Connecticut Wagyu. I'm not sure 100%. I think their beef is coming from Connecticut. And I know there's also a bison farm here in Connecticut as well. But as far as places using that yet, nothing off the top of my head. But it's definitely available, and you can find it if you look for it for sure, Chris. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I always roast my own animals. But uh, nice. I'm hoping there's some barbecue places that are committed to, like, only using local meat. But yeah, I would like love that, too. Hard. I would love that, yeah. too. Chris, we All appreciate right, it. All right, friends, give us a call here. Shout out your favorite barbecue place, 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WNPR. Daryl, this March, you celebrated your three-year anniversary in Manchester. Like, you opened literally on the day that COVID shut our state down. How has the community shown up for you? Oh, wow. The community, the community has been phenomenal. You know, from day one, they came in, even though COVID was present, no one really knew the rules of COVID but they endured learning the rules and we were trying to be the model business, new business, trying to be safe and understand the new culture change and the community rallied behind us, supported us. Uh, Manchester has been wonderful. The surrounding towns, it's just grown from there, whether it was through Facebook and everyone being home uh, on their computers in groups saying go out and support Thomas's Smokey Pit Stop, the new business that just opened up during this tough time of this year or tough time of life and uh it's been really um, rewarding to have that support that's amazing that's got to be a great feeling so mm-hmm. daryl your sides are a showcase of great soul food and we touched on the mac and cheese a second ago but you know mom's mac and cheese cornbread your sister's candied yams collard greens i mean the meats are the usual stars of a barbecue joint but your sides are kind of telling a story here too What do you want people to know about the place where barbecue and soul food meet? The soul food piece is something special. It's the spirit that lies within me that comes from others that inspired me. Um, This is a a culture in which, you know, I've learned from various members. And as I said, their inspiration, I just pay homage to them and what they produce that I really value and showcase it in my restaurant. Mm -hmm. So I have my sister's candied yams. Her candied yams were phenomenal. They were just something that was above that of everyone else's that I've tried. So I were able to, you know, sit down with her and get the recipe. My grandmother's, which is Nanny's collard greens, her collard greens were cooked every Sunday almost growing up. That's how I remember it. But they were also done very slow until, you know, she got her pressure cooker, in which I use a pressure cooker now, which expedites that process. But the ingredients are still the same. And the tough part was actually extracting those ingredients from someone who cooks from the soul, and they just had a sprinkle of this, a sprinkle of that. And for me, 
I try to be consistent. You got to catch those sprinkles and measure them out so that you can produce a consistent product. And so, uh, you know, my dad's baked beans, my wife's mother, her, her cornbread, that's the inspiration behind that, my uncle's green beans. So everything has some type of spark within me that makes me want to showcase it. It's almost like it's, you know, it's made with so much love already that how much more love can you put into it, you know? That's right. That's right. You know, and, and each time I make it, you know, each time I see it or have someone talk about it, it makes me feel connected with those that inspired it. Yeah, no doubt it, about it, it. it. It makes it family. I'm excited. I love side dishes. They're one of my favorite things. I love collard greens. I don't know how, how, would, how would she would feel about using a, pr- a pressure cooker, but, you know, <laughs> is that cheating? <laughs> well, you know, collard greens can take all day long. Even mm-hmm. with the pressure cooker, it takes a long time. Those In stems are no to, joke. Uh, break them down. Yeah, those stems, you have to break them down and get them tender. And so uh, the amount of collard greens that we produce, uh, we literally have to stay there all night long cooking collard greens if we cooked it the traditional way without right. pressure cooking. Well, all right, Pitmasters, let's talk about some basic cuts. Brisket, ribs, pork butt, shoulders. What are some of your favorite cuts to work with? I mean, because for me, I love brisket. It's a little bit more difficult to work with. I love working with ribs. I love smoking chickens. Those are some of my favorite things like to work with right off the bat. Jeff, what's a couple of your favorites? I think something that's a little underrated and super versatile that pretty much anyone can cook is pork belly. Mm. Um, I think people are scared of the fat content. I think they think it's bad for you. But I feel like you can cook it so many ways. You know, you can slice it. You can dice it. You can cube it. You can cook it whole. You can cook it with sauce. You can leave it as is. You can cure it and make your own bacon. I think there's this viral thing going around right now where people are making cinnamon rolls out of... I've seen that. Right? Doesn't that look wild? Oh I feel gosh. like i got to try that. But, oh, my um, gosh. And for those who don't know, pork belly is what traditionally used to make bacon with. Right. That's one of my favorites as well. Daryl, how about you? What's some of your favorite cuts of meat to work with? Well, my most favorite cut of meat is the brisket. Yeah. You know, Jeff, I'm sure I heard you agree with me as yeah. well earlier. You know, that's like the Rolls Royce of meats. When you go to a barbecue restaurant, you judge them based upon their brisket. At least I do. You Mm -hmm. you go there and ask for brisket. Then you go the ribs. You know, that's another one that just gives you a proud, like, all right, here's a rib. And everyone who wants barbecue, they ask for some ribs. So those are the two top ones that I go to. The pork, you know, pulled pork, you know, that's more, it's not as, much intricate work as the the brisket you gotta find one source of brisket that has the right marbling you have to trim it correctly you have to season it correctly cook it correctly you know and then make sure that it has the right moisture and tenderness to it so there's a lot of steps to the brisket which makes a pitmaster feel proud when someone says oh this is some good brisket (laughs) you know i think it's funny because Pork is one of those things I think is a little bit more forgiving when you're first starting to work on learning how to backyard barbecue. I always tell people, start with a pork yes. butt, get it in that smoker, and just give it a try. See what works for you. Pork for me is one of my favorite things to do. I do it several times a year you know, for work uh, and just for my house. And it's funny because I'm going to tell both of you gentlemen this. I grew up in Virginia and uh, bar- like, you know, the mid-Atlantic area. And barbecue is very, it's very similar to Carolina, uh, North Carolina style. But when we said we were having barbecue for dinner or barbecue for a uh, family reunion or something, that was just pulled pork. Like that's what pulled pork's name was, barbecue. Right. And that's what it was mm-hmm. in my brain. And it's funny how 
you know, it, it kind of changes when you start learning more about it. But for us, barbecue meant pulled pork, Jeff. Uh, that's still the safe word, though, honestly. Like, it's, you know, I think if you were to take somebody to a barbecue restaurant, they might not be a barbecue enthusiast. And they don't really know what to order. They're intimidated by brisket or something. Yeah. They're going to order a pulled mm-hmm. pork sandwich. Like, it's like you kind of have to have it. It's, it's like the go-to. The, it's the one that's it's like the safe word. Yeah, it's the go-to. Give us a call and tell us what you think about pulled pork. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I can talk whole show on pulled pork. Well, the gentleman called earlier and talked about the pork steaks. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Obviously, that's from the same cut. You just got to right. find a butcher that can cut through that bone for you. But those are amazing if you can do them right. 100%. Give us a call at 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WNPR. Let us know some of your favorite barbecue places around your neighborhood. Now, before we go to break, guys, I got a quick question for you that we got to talk about here. Seasoning, Okay. I know seasoning can be very, very personal to a pit masters. Let's start with wet or dry, or just in general. Daryl, you want to start us off there? What do you think? You want wet? You want dry? You know, a lot of guys just put mustard on it before they put in the smoker. What are you into? I, I want to start with the salt and pepper, you know, for obviously the brisket or whatever. But I want to try my barbecue dry. The sauce complements it. You know, it can taste really good, but I want to see what we're dealing with. I want to taste the flavors. I want to taste some saltiness. I want to taste the smoke, um, the tenderness. All of that is very important when I'm assessing some good barbecue. Um, So I'm going to prefer the dry. All right. All right. Jeff? Well, I agree with him in the sense of, I mean, especially if you're trying to kind of gauge where someone's barbecue is at. You know, if it's slathered in sauce, like it could be cooked wrong or poorly or whatever, but... I mean, obviously, then then it goes to regionals, right? So, like, Memphis is really sort of, like, dry rub stuff is king, you know, or Nashville. Yeah. And then you get to other places, like parts of the Carolina or whatever, or even farther down south, I feel like, like sort of like the Georgia area, everything is made with sauce, and it's just kind of the way it is. So, it's, I think it's more regional when it comes to that. But, no, I totally agree with Daryl in the sense of, like, when you're trying it out, you want to taste the texture, see how well it's been smoked, and, yeah. And, yeah. Let's go to Patricia in Farmington over here. Patricia, welcome to Seasoned. Oh, hi, Chef Blum. I just wanted to give a shout-out for Sub-Edge Farm on Townsville Farm oh, yeah. in Farmington. They have their own pigs. I don't like to eat meat unless I can see it. Okay. And um, you can meet these fellas. <laughs> just ask Isabel. <laughs> um, they do a wonderful job, and I, I know everybody knows, but... Our farmers in the state have been smashed, especially the ones along mm-hmm. the Connecticut, Farmington, Housatonic. People have really been wrecked. There's a fundraiser for them this weekend. I went the last time they did it. It's so much fun. You can bid on a home-cooked meal. Fantastic. Um, it's a really great thing. The Doro Group comes, and they do cocktails and hors d'oeuvres and goodies for everybody. It's a really nice family-style day. I think whenever we can, we got to support these people. Absolutely. Thank you so much for us. They absolutely appreciate you doing that too. And we appreciate your phone call. And this sounds like a fun event. I got to check this place out. This sounds awesome. Oh, it's incredible. Thanks, Patricia. And they are amazing people. Okay, everybody. We're going to take one more short break. And when we come back, we're going to take it low and slow on tips for the amateur barbecuer, plus ways to smoke even if you don't have a smoker at your house. And finally, it's your last chance to get those shout-outs in. Give us a call, 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WNPR. And shout-out your favorite barbecue spot in the state. I'm Chef Plum. You're listening to Seasons on Connecticut Public Radio. We'll be right back.
U.S., we tend to think of slavery as a Southern thing. Slavery in New England has been intentionally erased. The story we tell is this is family slavery. So it comes off as very benign and not dehumanizing. Coming March 18th, a special series, Unforgotten, Connecticut's Hidden History of Slavery. Visit ctpublic.org unforgotten. Funding provided by the Wadsworth Athenaeum Museum of Art and the Amistad Center for Art and Culture. Welcome back to Season, everyone. I'm Chef Plum. My guests this hour are Jeff Schmidt from Hindsight Barbecue in Waterbury and Daryl Thomas of Thomas's Smoky Pit Stop in Manchester. And, of course, you. Give us a call, 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WNPR. And shout out your favorite barbecue spot, even if it's out of state. Today, it's all about the Q. Uh, Daryl, I'm going to start back with you, my friend. The barbecue community itself is a thing and how it's kind of a big family. Can you talk about that and how it is over there where you guys are? Yes. Um, are you referring to the culture within my staff and the family there, or are you referring to the community as far as me talking with Chef Jeff over there at Hindsight? Yeah, I kind of love, I kinda love both of those. Here. I kind of love both of those, yeah. actually. Just the community, <laughs> the, the family you have there in the store, and then, of course, just in general, the, other, you know, the barbecue places here in the state kind of being together and helping each other out. Yeah, well, uh, you know, as far as this the store, I have an amazing staff. I mean, telling you my business would not be what it would be right now without them. They've committed and they really value what we do, the history of where it comes from, and then producing that same flair and love to the customers. Yeah. So I love them for it. Now, as far as the community, you know, I can connect with a barbecue pit master anywhere, and that's been my experience, and Chef Jeff and I just spoke for two minutes there right before the segment um, began, and he and I connected just off of the commonality of barbecue. It's just a, a loving culture, the community. Um, Chef Ricky down at Ricky's Rib Shack, he's a fraternity brother of mine. Oh. He and I have connected repeatedly um, throughout his time in being open. Before he was open, he had a food truck. And so um, Chris at Tiano's a few years ago, he and I connected, um, BT's Barbecue, you know, various barbecue pit masters, and I'm not naming everybody, but, you know, there's so many that it's bring a love to this culture. Yeah, it's a, a big family, yeah. Yeah, how about you, Jeff? What do you think about that? Uh, you were just telling me about an event you guys do in October, how it's just everybody coming together. Oh, absolutely, yeah, that's our big, one, one, one time a year, we kind of just shut it all down, and we invite basically anyone and anyone who's welcome. Daryl, you're welcome if you want to come be a part. It'll absolutely. be, it's a... Uh, this actually is the third Sunday in October this year, but it's the fifteenth. It's um, we basically it's like a block party. It's a total family friendly event from you know pumpkin painting with the kids, but we usually have no shortage of like twenty to thirty different drink stations, probably like twenty to thirty different food stations. So you could find anything, and it's kind of just a wild day. But yeah, I mean barbecue pitmasters from New York, from all over the country, come to be a part of it, and I've, that's my experience too. Like. Everyone kind of respects you for what you do. So if you, once you, once they you know talk to you for five minutes, you they know if you know bar you know real yeah. barbecue if you're a professional or not, and um, they sort of instantly know like how many hours you spent working at that and like you know what you go through on a daily basis to produce that quality of food and 
I think it's just an instant connection. I mean, like you said, like you can go to Texas and hang out with those guys or the Carolinas, and right. like you're instantly family because they just get it. Like they know what you do and you know what they do. So, and you guys are even accepting of like home barbecue guys. Like you're, it's it's pretty fun to see. Absolutely, no, it's a total culture. Um, I'm super yeah. proud to be a part of it, and uh, it's definitely growing and changing all the time. But I think that's the beauty of it is there's so many different right, you know, avenues and places that you can find it. So, well, gentlemen, I gotta ask, I have to ask. I know some barbecue pit masters get a little touchy when we start bringing up sauces. You know, some people are like I don't want sauce on my barbecue. That's not real barbecue. It has sauce <laughs> on it. Other people love it. They kind of have a staple. They they call it their thing. You know, I mean, you know, one of my favorites. I make an Alabama white, which is just delicious on chicken and all kinds of stuff. But I mean, you can name them. Carolina, mustard style, you know, just a basic barbecue sauce, a vinegar style. Uh, Dale, do you have a favorite? You know, I like, um, I like our vinegar yeah. sauce. We have a vinegar mop that I mop a lot of my barbecue with at the end of it. It's not something that we sell or distribute in the store. It's something that we use as part of the, the, the layered flavoring to our barbecue. Um, as I said earlier, I infuse the... Um, the maple, so I have a, a, a bourbon brown sugar. That's our house sauce, and uh, it's done pretty well with us. Uh, we get a lot of good feedback on it, but mm-hmm. it, it, it tastes good. It implements New England, and I'm proud of it. Excellent, excellent. Let's get those shout-outs in there, too. Give us a call here, 888-720-9677. That's 888-720-WNPR. Jeff, I mean, you have a myriad of sauces here in front of me on the table that I haven't even had a chance to talk about yet, but... You are a sauce guy. You love them. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, it's to me, it's kind of as as good as like the sides too. It's the whole picture. Like, I mean, really, the beauty of it is when you you know take your time on all those low smoked meats, and then you add a you know a platter with some, some beautiful sides that somebody worked hard at and cornbread. But then you got to have your signature sauces. I mean, there's so many of them. I mean, we bottle three. Um, we don't always can't even keep them in stock, kind of thing. It's, but it's something sort of we keep close to ourselves. Uh, recipe wise anyway but <laughs> in front of you here is our house barbecue it is vinegar based um there is some sweetness there is some um there is some ketchup in there so it's this is definitely more of a new school barbecue sauce it's definitely not regional because okay. it kind of blends elements from everywhere it's my sister's favorite barbecue sauce but <laughs> she might be a little biased um but then yeah we have a carolina mustard based barbecue sauce i'm sure daryl knows about that um i mean mm-hmm. super i mean so friendly with pork and all kinds of different stuff even brisket it's good and then there's like you were saying alabama white mm. that's insane that's actually my favorite barbecue sauce right yeah. now as well like if i we make a alabama white you know chicken wing that's to die for. Let's um, go. You know, you can get it at Castro Park or at home base. But, um, I mean, we've done bourbon barbecue sauces. Like he was saying, maple is amazing. Mm-hmm. That's more of like a, a total local spin on things. I love it. So, You know, I know that our pit masters aren't going to give out any recipes and none of their secrets. But I'll tell you, <laughs> you want to make a great Alabama white barbecue sauce. The way I make mine is a little bit of mayo, some apple cider vinegar, a dash of hot sauce, a nice pinch of salt, a healthy bit of black pepper. Make sure you use fresh cracked black pepper. Don't use that store-bought stuff fresh cracked black pepper, spoonful of horseradish, and a little bit of yellow mustard. And whip it all together, and I'm telling you, when I say barbecue sauce, and I say mayo, and I put them in the same sentence, and Daryl, Jeff, you guys would agree, people look at you like you have four heads when you say that. Yep. It's yeah. delicious. Try it. I promise you, it's delicious. Am I, am I wrong, Daryl? No, you're not. Absolutely right. It's, Please listen to him. <laughs> that's what I want to hear. <laughs> Can you come to my house and tell my wife that, too? <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> hey, listen, let's talk about just the last few minutes of the show here. I want to talk a little bit about 
you know, home cooks who maybe want to get into smoking and some ways they can start doing some smoking at home if they don't have a smoker. Uh, I'll give you guys a second to think about that. But one of the things I tell people is to do that indirect method on your grill where you take one side and keep it hot, one side keep it the, the burners off, and you can get little smoke boxes. But if you don't have a little smoke box, you can also take some foil, put your smoke chips in there, get them a little bit of wet. And if you're going to put something wet in there, I always say make something taste good. You like beer? Put beer in there instead of water. Let them soak in that beer a little bit. Fold it up, give it a little chimney on the outside, and let that get nice and hot, and it'll start to smoke inside of your grill while you're cooking to add some flavor to it, Jeff. Yeah, if you don't have a smoker at home, obviously it's a little more difficult, but if you've ever cooked on a campfire, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're a Boy Scout or anything like that, I mean, there's so many ways. You can, if anyone's ever, you know, not putting a baked potato in foil, like you said, and stick it in the coals, yeah, see what you come out with. You can get a loaded baked potato, throw some chopped brisket or pulled pork or cheese in there. I mean, that's a meal and a half right there. And that's like you can literally do that on any kind of campfire on the beach or wherever. That sounds you know? amazing. So I love that idea. Daryl, any suggestions? Yeah, well, you know, definitely don't put your meats over the coals. Uh, you want to, that's, I learned, you know, from a young person, move your coals to the side. And you can put a little drip pan underneath with mm-hmm. some, some water underneath it. And this way that will reduce the heat coming from that part of the smoker um, or the grill up underneath your meats. Um, but just make sure that, like I said, you know, you're just not having that direct exposure to the heat. Minimizing that. Rotate your meats depending on how small your cooker is. And uh, seeing that, you know, your meats closest to the coals are not being too much exposed and therefore unevenly being cooked. That's a good tip with the water pan underneath there because that really kind of helps keep that temperature low because low and slow is the key. You don't want to try to smoke something at 450 degrees. It's just it's too much. It's going to cook all the way through before it's totally get that smoky flavor in there. And, you know, one of the other things home cooks could also do, I talked about doing that foil, putting some wood chips in there and keeping the wood chips wet. You know, whether you put water or beer or wine or something, I'm a big fan. If you're going to add something like that, make it flavorful. You can also use like tea, you know, like, like tea in a, in a tea bag, and you can actually use that to smoke with as well, too. Put that in the foil packet. It works pretty well. I've done tuna that way. That's cool, man. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of the reverse sear method, though, as well, like you were saying. Like, that's, you know, might not be true barbecue, but at the same time, like, you, you should try that. Just I mean, to find the, that form so they know what that means. Yeah, so you're, you're not, like, like Daryl was saying, sort of, you're not cooking directly on the heat at first. You're going to shut the burners off on one side of your grill, and you're going to, you know, keep the burners on the other side and make sure, you know, your meat gets to temp a little bit on the, you know, with that indirect heat. And then at the very end, you, you know, cook it hot and fast just for, just for like, a minute on each side. It. And it's amazing how it seals in the juices, and you get that little bark on the outside. And honestly, like, at the restaurant, you know, we don't always serve it, but it might be a pitmaster secret. But we actually, you know, we, we love all kinds of beef and all different kinds of cuts, and we experiment constantly. And a lot of times we, we will smoke off a piece like a beautiful steak, like a ribeye or a, a T-bone, and then which is basically doing the indirect heat, right? Because right. it's, it's, it's in the smoker. And then we actually pull the coals forward right in the firebox and just caveman style it where we just love finish it. it right on the coals just for like literally 20 seconds, mm-hmm. and it comes out insane. I love that. Absolutely. I got a couple shout-outs here on social media from my Instagram, at Chef underscore Plum. I put out there for people to shout-out their favorite barbecue places. Grill Mama shouts out Hoodoo Brown. Love those guys. Great people. Uh, Andrew Dominic from CT Bites shouts out Hindsight and Hoodoo. He says uh, Bears is also super solid. Uh, Expedition Feast is shouting out Hoodoo. Uh, we got some people who are saying probably your house, uh, at Forking Chef, says Hindsight. Uh, Ryan Christopher shouts out Bears. Mm-hmm. 
we have tons. Uh, Sir HFR4 says, my backyard. <laughs> so people, I mean, barbecue is one of those things that hits home with everybody, I feel like, in some way, you know? Do you guys want to shout out, because I know you both work with your wives. Do you want to shout out your wives really quick? Because, I mean, they're going to get upset if they hear you on the radio and you don't bring them up, <laughs> Daryl. You got you to gotta shout her out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want to shout out um, my wife, Cassandra. You know, got to take this moment here to let her know that I appreciate your support and helping me develop what I have here today. And hopefully that gives me some brownie points <laughs> at home, you know. <laughs> Thank you, Chef, for looking me out here. You know, I got you, man. I got you. Jeff, what about you? <laughs> yeah, um, big shout out to my whole family. Um, it's totally a family affair. Um, my partner, Heather, and, uh, you know, she's the pit bee, as you yeah, know. Yeah. But, um, um yeah, my dad's a big part of it, my sister, my whole family. So it's a, it's a family fair for sure. I love the family I part of this. More. Yeah, I love the yeah. family part of this whole thing. It's what makes it so much fun. It's such a great summertime. I don't know. The whole thing is so fun. You just hang out, come to the shops, hang out outside, you know, play some cornhole, have a few beers, eat some delicious food. One of my favorite things. I love barbecue food, gentlemen. Absolutely. Final tips before we get out of here, guys. Uh, one last tip you'd give to a nice home cook working on barbecue. Jeff? I would say just take your time. I think a lot of times, I mean, it, it is a low and slow process. Don't have a specific time that you want to have it finished or whatever, which is hard to say if you're having a party or something like that. But if you really pay attention to a recipe and follow all the steps and take care of your meat, you know, follow the ingredients and the instructions, um, honestly, because if you skip a step, sometimes it, in the end you, you forgot a slather, you forgot a rub, you forgot a mixture, or you're not watching your cook, you'll be so shocked if you really pay attention and uh, follow each steps carefully. By the end of the cook, you'll you know you could do it. Anyone can do it. Absolutely, Daryl. Twenty seconds. What's yeah. your best tip for all a right. home cook? It's not going to take me all of the twenty seconds, but I'm going to tell every inspiring cook: get yourself a thermometer. Hey, this way you know what your temperatures are, and you know if your food is cooked thoroughly or not cooked. I love that. That's actually a really great piece of advice yeah, right there. That's probably the most important one. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah, that's a really great piece of advice. And the one I'm going to give to everybody, if it burns charcoal, it can burn wood. Don't be afraid to try to cook on your charcoal grill with wood to add some different flavors to it. It really does make a big difference. It's, it's, it's a fun way to try to start cooking, especially this time of year. It's great. Have yourself a drink or a mocktail and go out there and grill on some wood fire. It's fun. I love it. Thank you, Daryl. Uh, we appreciate you joining us of Thomas's Smoky Pit Stop in Manchester. We can't wait to come see you guys. The shop is open from Wednesday to Saturday. And Jeff Schmidt of Hindsight Barbecue in Waterbury. It's such a fun place to grab a picnic table and just chill. Thank you, friends. I appreciate you guys joining us here on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank so you. proud to be here. Appreciate it. I'm Chef Plum. Season is produced by Robin Doyanakin, Katie Tolarski, Meg Dalton, Stephanie Stender, Tegan Engel, and Catrice Claudio. Sabrina Herrera and Meg Fitzgerald are on our team as well. And our interns are Stacey Otto and Carol Chen. Go to our show page for links to information about barbecue history and barbecue cookbooks that we recommend. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you soon. Cook on wood. It's fun. <laughs>